Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to Coffee with Claire. Did you know that there's a difference between hearing and listening? In improv, we're always listening, watching, and concentrating because that is the trifecta of actually paying attention. We listen with our eyes. We hear with our ears. And you know, the best way to actually listen to somebody is to repeat back each word that they've said in your head. You can't be focused on anything else but what they're delivering if you just use that methodology. So my challenge for you this week is to understand the difference between listening and hearing somebody and report back to us on Coffee with Claire's Facebook page. So as you know, every week we invite entrepreneurs, people who give back to the community, and people who like to have fun here with Coffee at Claire. So today I'd like to introduce David Rose. Welcome, David. Thank you, Claire. It is a massive pleasure to be here with you <laughs> so from the you bottom are. of my heart. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're yes. welcome. So David is the um, owner of Sea Level Global, and this is where he utilizes his proprietary renaissance methodology, which helps save and grow businesses. You coined the phrase, CPR saves lives, but CRP, consistent, repeatable processes, saves and grows businesses. Brilliant. Thank you. Yes, you <laughs> nailed awesome. that. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And I had to coin that phrase about CRP because Renaissance is such a long acronym. I saw some CEOs <laughs> falling asleep yeah. while explaining to them how we were going to make the millions of dollars. Because getting down into the, the root of surgery, sometimes you just want to know, am I going to live? Right. So we developed a way to explain what we do. Yes. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, you didn't start out as the CEO of your organization. Hmm. So um, how did you get your start in, in business? Start in business, yeah. you say. Well, that ha that goes back a little bit. The cliche, as we always hear, I started uh, delivering papers at a young age. Mine is a bit different. It's mm -hmm. got the young age involved, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But um, right around the age of five and six years old, I was lucky. My father, who, um, God rest his soul, was a fantastic entrepreneur, wonderful mentor, mm -hmm. um, gave me an invitation right about the age of five and a half years old. And he okay. said, young David, if you would like to go to work with me tomorrow on Saturday, um, all you got to do is be ready to go at 5 a.m. and be by the door and we can go to work together. And wow. by the way, uh, you don't get paid, but you get breakfast and lunch. Ooh. So that was we'll work for up. food. <laughs> we'll work for food. So uh, hence really began, um, in all seriousness, a, a training around adults. Mm -hmm. Taking a child and putting them around an adults in a Texaco gas station, putting them around uh, adults of all walks of life coming sure. and going. And this is a time uh, giving age away a little bit where um, the cash register didn't necessarily tell you how much change to make. So you had ah. to learn math, mm -hmm. which uh, I do appreciate a, you know, a good math equation. But that well, was my yeah. start in business. So you started out um, going to work with your dad. And mm -hmm. then eventually, I imagine, he kind of let you run the business on your own a little bit. You know, Maybe he might be looking over it. But you got a sense of entrepreneurship. 
um, you know, before you ever even opened your business. So how did that help you kind of make that transition from, from that role into what you're doing now? What, what did you learn from that experience? You know, a lot. Um, and I got to tell you, I think, and I, I lecture in, in colleges from time to time. We'll be at a few colleges coming up. And this is the area where I think students and our youth and mentoring and parenting can come into play. Probably the most beneficial is by opening up our, our um, you know, the work that we do to, mm -hmm. to our children and right. bringing them involved. And so, you know, having that kind of exposure and having that bridge me into what, what I enjoyed in life, it gave me an early start to uh, start thinking like an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, start acting like one uh, with a lemonade stand, right. uh, with a candy stand also in the summers uh, inside of some gas stations. Oh, and, that's cool. Uh, and that really led into uh, that spirit, that mentality to take risk and venture out. And that's the big thing about entrepreneurship is that it really is um, a big risk. You know, it's it's very comfortable to stay in um, a corporate world, you know, because you've got somebody paying you every day, you know, where, you know, you've got health benefits, you, um, you know, you've got that kind of comfort, but when you own your own business, yeah, you know, it's all on you, you know, and, and if you've got to lay off somebody, you get to do that. If you want to hire somebody, you get to do that too, and, and so it's, it's a lot different than being in a corporate environment. Have you ever been in a corporate environment? I have, yeah. Um, I've, I was fortunate enough to, to work with uh, a publicly traded company before starting my own venture. I'd worked with some privately held firms and I always wondered what would it be like to work with a big company, maybe in a skyscraper in downtown Dallas. And lo and behold, that, that dream became true. Mm -hmm. um, loved it, loved the experience but also missed out on the ability to take risks and turn the operation on a dime. Mm. Big organizations don't really turn quickly. Right. I mean, you hear that in business school, but when you're in the real world, you feel it. Good <laughs> ideas get stepped on. Yes. Yes. And it feels like forever for anybody to make a decision. It's like, uh, how many meetings do we have to have to make this one decision? About so. 119, usually. <laughs> About At there, least. give or take. Yeah, this <laughs> well, is true. Um, let's talk a little bit about Sea Level Global, yes. and um, what kind of companies do you work with? Well, um, thank you for asking that. That was the question that I've been answering for years. Directly, we work with every industry imaginable. But when f I founded the firm, um, some of my key advisors, good friends, and family said, "David, the worst thing you can do is try to be all things to all industries," mm. and it makes a lot of sense. But I realized early on in the first two years of business that we weren't trying to be all things to all people. Good. What we were being was the group that helps you build a sales engine. And when you turn to an accountant, no matter if you sell ice cubes to Eskimos, you know, if that's okay to say, <laughs> or if you're building your own uh, computer chips, or rather you're cleaning carpets, or what your business is, and these are all great businesses, doesn't matter, you would use an accountant to help keep your book straight and keep you out of out of the IRS's uh, crosshairs. Mm -hmm. If you need some technology help, you'd go out and get technology help. The same applies for what we do. We're the specialist of revenue growth and it does transcend industry boundaries. We literally have worked for um, aircraft uh, manufacturers. Okay. We've worked for folks that go out and clean people's carpets at home to help them grow business. We've worked for billion dollar publicly traded firms and we've worked for startup companies um, with mom and pop money invested of industries of all shapes and forms here throughout the U.S. and we're also privileged to work in Europe as oh, well. Oh wow, well that's nice. Yes. So um, how many offices do you have? 
We have two offices. Okay. We're based in Plano, our okay. U.S. headquarters for Sea Level Global, and we're also based in London, right by the London Tower Bridge, an impeccable, incredible view. Oh, I bet. Uh, same amount of space. The rent, though, is still double the price <laughs> if you want to be in sure. near uh, that, that particular Plano, vicinity. London. But, uh, makes sense. Quite worth it, though, Claire. <laughs> the market there throughout Europe is a great place to be right now. Um, lots to be said about that. And when you're training sales in Europe, is there a different approach since, you know, they're all the way across that pond that we hear about, or is it pretty much the same approach whether you're here, there, yonder? So the approach, all the key questions you zero in on, literally, that is the question. How did we approach that before anyone ever hires us or engages us mm -hmm. overseas? That's the question they ask. How are you going to change your approach for an American-based company? And one, we remind them, well, the people that will be working on the project are going to be from all different parts of Europe. Mm -hmm. So that cultural piece is, is really overcome. But the approach is the same. Oh, okay. And, you know, I found that the hard-working American ethic of um, outwork them, be there early, stay late, is really done wonders throughout Europe in the sales training we brought. Uh, oh, that's we're, awesome. We're helping, uh, we're helping a company called Harlan Simon okay. bring in tens of millions more dollars in revenue as we speak. Wow. Well, I can't believe anybody would fall asleep if you're telling them that you're going to bring them tens of millions of dollars in. My Maybe gosh. I should lead with that. That's, there you go. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's a hook for you. <laughs> so, um, all right, so you've got um, your Renaissance methodology. Can you briefly explain what that is? Sure, um, and I'll, I'll give you the, the quick overview. Okay. Um, we have Renaissance certified consultants. Um, these are people that learn this methodology on how to go about increasing behavior change for selling okay. more. So this is going to experts of selling and helping okay. them sell more. Not an easy task. Renaissance methodology first builds a sales engine and then helps a company change their people and processes. Okay. R is for re-engineer. We'd never go in and say, thank goodness we're here to save the day. Dun, 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 yes. <laughs> doesn't go over well. Put your little Superman cape behind sure. you. Sure. I can see that, actually. Sure, yeah, we've got that, but we keep it in the closet. Oh, sure. darn. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't wear next it today. Show. Yeah, next show, perhaps. But, you know, we say we're going to re-engineer a great plan you've got going. We're not here to tell you how silly you are. We're here to tell you how great you are mm -hmm. and what we can do to improve it. So that's why in Renaissance, it starts with re-engineer. Okay. Energize the people. Nominate the champions. Apply an integrated selling service. Accelerate the plan. Negate the barriers. Communicate. We set up a vertical communication process, which keeps people rolling on what we're doing and gets results okay. since communication I'm told by everyone, usually the number one problem they need to solve. So the C yeah. in Renaissance is communication, and ultimately the E is evolve, which is where we set up metrics. People are on individual metrics for their mission critical best. These are built into dashboards, which everyone can see. A natural, um, healthy competitiveness is spurred. Okay. And there's complete transparency. People want to be the best, and when you give them the chance to to be the best and show them that they right. can be rewarded for it, it all comes together. And that's what Renaissance builds. It's a complicated matter to install, but we're experts at it, and we can do it in generally 12 to 18 months. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. So um, when people are first approached with this, are they intimidated at all? Well, it sounds it sounds like it might kind of be a little scary because, you know, here I am, the expert, and you're going to tell me how to do something even better? <laughs> Did you mean intimidating or did you mean bored? <laughs> because sometimes, as I mentioned, a CEO who is 
his or her job to grow the company could nod off a wee bit. <laughs> and, and they're not doing anything wrong, but this is getting down in the mud, the trenches, Ooh. if you will. Down and dirty. It is. It really is. Yeah. And so bearing that in mind, you know, what we do, what we ultimately bring is um, a message that has to go to the CEO. We have to talk to the CEO, and that audience generally can understand what we're saying, but sometimes it's a little disconnected because yeah. they're running all the pulse beats of the organization, sure. not just the sales engine, the heart, which brings money in, which we're going to be the surgeon of. So we get their attention there, but some of what we, we talk about, quite frankly, needs to have some of their people involved. And sure. After we develop a relationship with the CEO, and if it makes sense, and we'll have a further conversation. We'll, our organization, we put skin in the game, as we call it. We believe in what we say. So we'll spend two, three, four meetings at times helping build the plan on our dime. Awesome. So um, can you share a story about how Renaissance has helped, the methodology of Re Renaissance has helped a company grow? Or Yes, I would love to. Okay. Um, um, a great example would be a, a company that everyone knows, uh, MasterCard, in fact, uh, based out oh, of Purchase, New York. Oh, yes, I know York. them very well. Um, they know me, too. They know my address. <laughs> they know my phone number. Do they send you letters, <laughs> by chance? Every month. Mm. <laughs> They're very good correspondence people. <laughs> yes. I noticed that about them. Yeah, on the yeah. spot. So anyways, yeah. go ahead. Well, they're a great client, nonetheless. Okay. Um, so uh, MasterCard, most people think of them as a credit card company, right? but that is actually not true. Oh. They're really a company made about processing. Uh, banks and institutions come to them to process. That's really what MasterCard is, is massive processing. Ah, Same thing okay. as to their competition, which we won't mention that name at okay. the moment, of course, while we talk about my glorious client. <laughs> okay. But along to answer your question, um, we, um, we had an opportunity to go to them and they wanted to grow a specific division, which was going after a very finite niche of insurance companies, which could turn on billions of dollars of revenue to them. Wow. You know, if you think about it, there's billion dollar insurance companies out there, and they have to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes right. billions of dollars a year in claims. How does that get processed? Well, the MasterCard has a way to solve that, and they're very good at it. But when they, when they spoke with us, they needed to find more people that could trust them to empower that. Now that individual, Claire, to find the individual inside of an organization that can turn the key to then say, now you, MasterCard, process billions of dollars. It's not just somebody you look up on LinkedIn or yeah. find on Facebook. Sure. Our organization had to develop a system to find many of these organizations around the world. And as a result, we've turned on over a billion dollars for them in transactions. Wow. That story I love because billion it has a, a billion in it. Billion. Yes. But just real quickly, um, it doesn't matter if it's a billion dollars. We've turned on three and four million dollars just last year for a small startup firm. And to them, that was the equivalent of a oh, billion yeah. dollars. I, I, I appreciate what you guys do. I think that it's, it's, it's definitely necessary. Now, on the flip side, just to interject quickly, there's a lot of that poo-poo and entrepreneur's idea. But what you also find is a lot of everybody says, me, me, me. I can help. So you get everybody that says it won't work, or everybody that says, oh, they know how to run it maybe better than you do. Mm -hmm. But who's really putting their life and money in the game? An entrepreneur is. Right. Those are the people we help. And I'll always appreciate working with billion dollar companies, but I'll never stop working with startup companies because our methodology was founded to help all business leaders. Well, that's that's awesome. I really appreciate that you work with the smaller guys because, you know, sometimes they get left off and we don't want that to happen. No, no, we don't. So you've got a book, and so yes. why don't you tell everybody about your book? Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So this is the, um, 
the bad news is this is the fourth book I've written. Why the is good that news bad? is, well, because it's the first book I'm ever going to publish. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> but someday, perhaps those other three books, which are manuscripts to the Renaissance methodology, mm. our theory of accelerants, and the CRP, consistent repeatable processes, those we sell projects on. I've never published, but this book was a calling. Okay. Um, sounds, you know, something that an author would say to market their book. I had a calling to publish this book. The other books we make millions of dollars in revenue on. And I'm very thankful for that. But this book, I feel, is helpful for every man, woman, and child on this earth. Um, ten years ago, a little over ten years ago, I was going to be speaking. And I said, what do you want me to speak about? Okay. It's always so, a good thing to know. It's good. Mm -hmm. Because, believe me, I can come in with some crazy topics. <laughs> Another show? Okay. <laughs> Another show. And, well, they answered rejection. Because it's an executive audience, and they're involved mm -hmm. in rejection and selling. And it would be great. Sure. Well, now, ten years ago, of course, the Internet was around, but I also went to the library because I was hitting roadblock after roadblock to find one simple answer, Claire. How many categories of rejection are there? Hmm. So how many are there? When you ask a room, you hear crickets. After nobody knows. No one knows. Well, I mean, it feels like every time you're rejected, it's another stab in your heart. So, I mean, you know, how many That's times can you do that? Personal, yeah. business, rejection, it's coming at you in right, every, every direction. Yes. And having said that, the research will tell us that it's true. There are thousands of ways to be told no. Any language, any country, for anything imaginable, business, personal, what have you. There's 15 categories. 15. One five. 15 okay, so everything categories. fits into the 15, okay? There and is. so this is called the Overcoming the 15 Categories of Rejection. It Master is. How yes. to Turn No to yes. yes. Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, um, David, tell everybody how they can find you and when they can get your book. Well, I'm a pretty accessible person. And folks that would like to contact me mm -hmm. will get results. Oh, good. <laughs> they will get results. <laughs> Um, I love talking to people about overcoming rejection. We're also t we're taking stories right now. We just sent out a. Um, you need rejection stories. We do. We sent a letter out to Call thirty thousand people. <laughs> I have Claire, thousands. look at that story. <laughs> Front page, uh, cover page. But we did ask thirty thousand people recently, and we got a massive response wow. of over three hundred and seventy-five stories of people's rejection in both personal life and business. It's a sequel we want to the book of. of pulling people's stories together. But as far as contacting me, um, clevelglobal.com. Okay. And there I am. clevelglobal.com. Yes. David Rose. Well, thank you, David, for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Claire. I really appreciate being here. It's wonderful being on your show. Thank You're you. You're welcome. So today, the improv game we're going to play is called Dr. Know-It-All. Dr. Know-It-All is represented by me, Ellen, and David. And Dr. Know-It-All is the smartest person in the entire world, and he can answer any question that's been burning in your heart that you want to know. And the trick is that we are going to be answering this question one word at a time. So we're going to be going with group mind. So what is a question that our audience has for Dr. Know-It-All today? How come you park on what? Wait, Say it again. Why do you drive on parkways? Why do you park on 
driveways and drive on parkways. Why do you park on driveways and drive on parkways? Okay, you got it? Yes. The reason this is true is because we love to make silly rules. Period. All right, so that's why we park on driveways and we drive on parkways. All right, what's the next question for us? What does love mean? Did I hear that one? What does love mean? All right. Love An easy one. (laughs) Yes, I know, right? All right. Love means... Absolutely. Nothing. To... Most... People. But... Then again... We... Must reach our destiny. Period. <laughs> All right, very good. All right, so our next question is Why is the world round? Why is the world round, Dr. Know It All? All right. The world really is not as round as some people might think because it is. More rectangular in form than certain teachers would admit. Period. There you go. <laughs> Are you all getting that? When it comes through, it, it, it tickles yes, when I get the well, message. It's called his group mind. It tickles. It's like, well, see, that's, that's what Ellen does. She has little tentacles in her head that she kind of t- touches us with. So, yes, yes. yes. All right, well, one more question. One more question. It'll be the last question for Dr. Know-It-All. A good one. The, well, they've a, all been A good. hard one. <laughs> I mean, you know, something that we don't have to just, you know, barely oh, think well, about. Yeah, we are the, stretch we the brain. We are the smartest person in the world, yes. so. Why are giraffes necks long? Why are giraffes necks long? <laughs> okay. The giraffes that are necked tied are <laughs> very elusive to this region and so eating them would taste delicious but we don't do that because it really would be severely depressing however (laughs) giraffes do love eating their Leaves with mayonnaise. Period. <laughs> you and there not, you have it, folks. You do not know that, but it's true. <laughs> Who knew, right? Yes, Dr. Exactly. Know-it-all, thank you for yes. your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here we are with Coffee with Claire. Thanks so much for watching. Thank you for having me, Claire. Sometimes it's hard, but uh, when you get to kind of integrate both uh, passion and work at the same time, it can be very fun in itself. So I try to balance it by having a little bit of fun within the work that I do. Um, So what are some of the fun things about growing your business? Um, Definitely seeing the properties and the uh, the titles that I work with um, growing themselves. It's definitely... um, something that you follow uh, along with the brands and you see the fan bases grow and you see, see the popularity grow in itself. And so all of that's really exciting to see 
uh, your fans and, and consumers excited about the product themselves. So how do you encourage others in their life to have fun? Just do what you love, honestly. You know, uh, somebody who wanted to be an artist and an actor, um, those are some things that you kind of have to just go for. And uh, I would definitely encourage anyone who has a passion or a dream to just pursue it, you know. Um, you'll get there, you just keep trying. So what advice could you give someone that might be struggling right now as to how to keep it fun? Make it fun for yourself. Um, I, I think a lot of people are held under such tight scrutiny under uh, performing and having to meet some kind of standard. And, and when you really allow yourself the freedom to enjoy what you do, um, then it really just becomes fun in itself. You don't have to try so hard. Things just kind of happen uh, in a way that you really enjoy and you'll find yourself enjoying uh, your days, your work days, and life in general just a little bit more, I think. So tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, yes, uh, Funimation Entertainment, we, uh, we market anime, which is a Japanese animation, uh, to American audiences, and it's really fun because uh, I know myself, I'm very passionate about uh, animation and cartoons and things like that, and getting to be around it constantly um, is really fun. I feel like a big kid at work all the time. So if you had a happy dance or a happy stance, what would that look like? <sighs> something like, something like that. <laughs> So your challenge this week is to remember the difference between listening and hearing and focus on that listening part where you're listening, you're watching, you're concentrating, you're really bringing in and being fully present to what your speaker is saying to you. Follow us on our Facebook page at Coffee with Claire and remember to follow the fun. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.